And so with that, I'm very thankful to be here. And we're not going to have a real long ceremony, uh, message today. Matter of fact, uh, it'll be just a few minutes, maybe 15 or 20, and we'll have communion, Lord willing, if God tarry. But what we're going to do is we have been in the book of Philippians, but we had jumped over one chapter in Mark, which is Mark 13. And what we want to do in Mark 13 is for just a little time, hit the high points and see the great teaching of the word of God that Jesus Christ is coming again. And this is called the Olivet Discourse. And as we look at this and God opens the word, we want to see what God tells the church when we see this truth that he is coming again. And it is such a clear, indisputable truth throughout the Bible that Jesus is coming again. And we are to be ready, we are to be watching. And as we look at this together, I just want to pray to the Lord first that, Lord, you would take this time, this few minutes, multiply your word in the way that you choose into every heart and life. We're looking at a teaching, Lord, that is so profound and yet is so necessary in our lives. And may you receive the glory. May we be ready and looking for your return. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, as we're looking into this portion of scripture here, in the first part of this chapter, Jesus is speaking about, about something, the conditions that will be existing before he returns. And one of the things he's teaching is it really is going to get worse before it gets better. And if you're not in Christ, it's going to get a lot worse. But if you are in Christ, you can see through the problem to see the solution in Jesus. Now, as a Christian, when we look out, there is this outward look that we have, and you, you can all follow this in some way. We get in the Bible, we get this outward look, we're looking beyond, God is speaking in different ways. There's another way we look inwardly. We get an introspective look inside ourselves. We examine ourselves. we challenge ourselves in the word. Am I where God wants us to be? There's another truth in the Christian life, and that is that we, we are called to have a downward look for a moment. Be careful where you're walking. Walk in the paths of Jesus. Follow Jesus. It's a slippery slope, the word would teach us in so many ways. But as we look here today and linger here for just a moment, we're going to see the upward look that Jesus gives in the word of God when he speaks about his coming again. And the disciples had came and they were wondering, when are these things going to be and what are the things that are going to come? And Jesus said, said about five or six things that were going to happen before the very end. The first thing he says in verse two is the temple is going to come down. The great temple you've trusted is going to come rolling down. And it came down in AD 70 through Titus, the Roman ruler, who overcame the city. He beat in the walls and the great edifice that all of Israel could rejoice in came down and there was going to be no glory there. Another thing he said in verse six is, six is there's going to be false teaching, false prophets. There are going to be those that rise in the scene that are going to kind of confuse truth. It will come in many ways. The manipulation of truth, perversion, adding, taking away. And he says there will be false prophets. Now he's speaking about that that's going to come at the end of the age. And this is where we're at. 
We don't know exactly where we are, and we'll see this in little ways. Another thing in verse 7, he says, there's going to be wars and rumors of wars. There's going to be uprisings. There's going to be all kinds of strife on all kinds of levels. People will be in fighting and conflict. And the Word of God speaks about this internal wars and rumors. Don't be, don't be frightened. Those things must take place, but the end is not yet. In verse 9, he speaks about tribulation and trials that's going to come. He says they're going to even deliver you. And he was speaking primarily to Israel as a nation. To the courts, you'll be flogged in the synagogues. You will stand before governors and kings. You're going to suffer. And he's telling Israel, and as we look in the word of God, as we come to the end of the age, we'll see this increasing. And at the very end of time, even the last seven years, we call it the tribulation. This is going to be something like the world has never seen. You can go into the book of Revelation and you'll see seals and trumpets and vials that God speaks about when his judgment comes the most amazing way. And he goes on and he, and he says in verse 12, there will be another part of this and it's going to be brother betraying brother, sister betraying sister. There's going to be internal strife. Institutions break down, churches break down, societies break down, homes break down, personal relationships break down. And the Lord says, all of this is going to come and precede my coming. It's going to be a part of my movement when I come back to earth. Now, we could probably say, if you look at the great fulfillment of this, it will probably take place in the last seven years of the tribulation. And there's another truth of the gospel. We're looking at the final end here that Jesus is giving. But there's this, there is the return of Jesus, but there's also another truth of the gospel, and that is he's going to come for his church in an unknown moment, an unknown time. He will descend from heaven, as 1 Thessalonians 4 says, with a shout. It will be the voice of the archangel, the trump of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first and we'll be caught up with him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Now that is a believer's hope. I don't want to be at the very end of this. The world's gonna go, it's just gonna go into a chaotic situation. And the word of God is speaking about it here. He's giving us this teaching. And as you look out here, you can see the outward look that Jesus has given. You can see how it even takes us without being believers down. You know, I've heard people say, I don't want to raise children anymore in today's world. It's such a mess. But if you're a believer and you've got the Holy Spirit, and if your children do, you can raise a godly seed today by his grace. Because the word of God says, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. You can overcome through the Lord Jesus Christ. You can win through Jesus. And this is what is so amazing about the gospel and what it teaches but Jesus, as he comes to the end of this, and we've abbreviated it very, very quickly, he says, now I'm going to give you some things that are just infallible truths that will not change in the very end of the age as I come again. These are things you can go to bank on. You can lock in. You can believe. No matter what happens in the face of the earth, you can say, God, by your grace, I'm going to believe that. And I will not be moved. And the first thing that you'll see as, as he says this is he says, Jesus says, Jesus says it like this in verse 26. 
Then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. Lock into this truth no matter what happens in the world, no matter how our society changes, Jesus is coming again. Guaranteed. The Word of God shouts this page to page. Some people say that 25% of the entire Bible is speaking about the return of Jesus Christ. Jesus is coming again. Lock in. Believe it. Parents, teach your children. Grandparents, teach your children. Let it be that battle cry of the Christian. Jesus is coming again. And the Word of God says they're going to come, and he's going to come in clouds with great power and glory. But there's a little secret, a little indicator in verse 28 when Jesus said, I want you to look at the fig tree. Now, the fig tree is very common in the land of Israel. It's a tree that is deciduous. It loses its leaves. About March, here comes that little leaf, and then you get the little bud. And Jesus says, when you see that leaf, when you see that bud, realize the end is very near. Now, if we look in the Word of God, we begin to see that the leaf is coming out. Uh, I was an orchardist for 15 years, and when you walk out in that orchard and you see the first little leaf, after a hard, cold winter in central Oregon, I mean, Washington, you just go, wow, God is alive. This tree is coming to life, and then you begin to see that bud. You say, God is fulfilling who he is in the most amazing ways. And this is what Jesus is teaching about his return. Keep your eyes looking up and looking for the bud. Because the bud is happening. The leaf is coming out. There are many things that are happening all around us that God doesn't want the Christian's head to be stuck in the sand in. He wants us to be looking up. We got our eyes on Jesus. The challenge of the growth of this church is this church's eyes to stay on Jesus. When it leaves Jesus, we'll stop growing. There's a place we look out, but we look out and then we look up and we see the Lord Jesus. And Jesus says, I want to give you this little secret of, of the fig tree and let it be applied to your life. Look for the bud. Where the bud, bud produces... Now, here's something else to remember that Jesus gives us. And I'm just giving us some things. And maybe if you're younger here, you can say, okay, God, I'm going to mark this down. I'm not going to forget this because this is so important. Maybe older too. And here in verse 31, another truth. He said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Take it to the bank. The word of God is going to endure forever. The word of God doesn't change. Conditions may change. Our job may change. Our, our situation may change in our family. God may move us to a place we didn't think we would go. But one truth of the word of God is the word of God will endure forever. Everything else will change. This is the absolute. This is why you will hear this again and again. Read the Bible. Keep reading the word of God. Get the word of God in your heart. They can take away the word of God. You could go to, pr go to prison. But if the word of God is in your heart, it endures. And the word of God, and as we look at this, it says... The word of God will endure forever. The word of God is written by God. You'll never get it better than from directly from God. When you read it from God and you hear it from God and it's taught to you from God, you've got it the best you'll ever be. Sometimes today we want, it's like, we're a little bit like Taco Bell. We want to go down and eat a burrito. 
let someone else chew it. But the word of God says, no, when you get it from me, you'll get it right and it will endure. You can take the word, take it to the bank and stand on the word no matter what happens in the world in which we live. But there's something else that's really important in verse 33 to remember as we think of Jesus' return. And, you know, there's a lot we know and there's a lot we don't know. That's just how the Bible teaches this. We're not going to put Jesus in a box in regards to how he's going to return, when he'll return, what all the particulars are. And Jesus describes it right here. He says in verse 33, now he says, but I want to give you some things to take home and keep in your heart. Take heed, keep on the alert, for you do not know when the appointed time will come. And he says, God's got a time frame. You don't know what it is. You know, the word of God says in Galatians chapter 3 and verse 3 that it was in the fullness of time that God sent his son the first time. And this is also true with his second coming. God will come in his time, in his way. And the word of God says it's off limits because you don't know the time. God has a time. When God comes for the church, we don't totally know. We see the bud. We see the leaf. We're seeing things happen all around us that's showing us and describing that the end is near. But God says, I have a time frame. Remember that. You don't have the time frame. He was speaking to uh, the disciples, religious leaders. You don't have that. And so he tells us what to do in light of that. He says, it is like a man... No, no, I'm sorry. In verse 32, he says, but of that day and hour knows no one, not even the angels in heaven have the time frame, nor the son, that was Jesus himself, but the father alone. God says, this is off limits, especially for me. Now keep on the alert. You do not know when the appointed time will come. But he says, it's like a man away in a journey who upon leaving his house and putting his slaves in charge assigning to each one his task and commanded the doorkeeper to stay on the alert. And so what he said is, okay, I'm leaving. You do this, you do this, you do this, you do this, you do this. What he's really saying is be faithful with what God's placed you. I think of the words in Luke chapter 19, verse 13, where Jesus said, occupy till I come. Be active in the work of God. Whatever God's calling you to do, be active there. Be given it your heart. Say, God, I, I don't even know what it is. If you're in VBS, give it your heart. If, it's, if you're working as a volunteer this week in VBS, give it your entire heart. If it's ministering to the neighbor next door, give it your heart. If it's out of the job, doing a job, do it to the glory of God. Make choices in the workplace that glorify God. If it's being a friend to someone that doesn't, doesn't have a friend, when Jesus gives all these assignments it's not like, okay, who's going to be the leader here? He's saying, serve where I placed you and be active. And then he said, some, he commanded the doorkeeper to stay on the alert. Now, other translations say he commanded the doorkeeper or to watch, to keep looking, to have your eyes open, to sense the movement of God, to sense the time we are in. You know, we are so close to the end, only God knows. I remember as a young guy, I was sure, because my parents and grandparents loved biblical prophecy. Two two, my two grandpas were a pastor. I would listen and think, I'll never get married. No way. He's coming. 
And there is a sense within that that's good because God wants us to live in that edge. He wants us to live on this edge of conviction and reality that the word of God says, you don't know, but be on the alert, be ready. And if you notice, he says in verse 35, therefore be on the alert, or another translation, watch, for you do know not when the master of the house is coming, whether in the evening, at midnight, or when the rooster crows, or in the morning. We have a granddaughter that loves to go up, and if I, would, I could tell you right now, if I give her one choice of what she'd like to do, she'd like to, in the fire season, she'd like to go up to one of these big watchtowers and crawl up that watchtower and get up there with the, male, the man or the woman that's working up there and look out and see where they're looking for the fire. And when you get up there and look, if you've never done it, it's really kind of a cool thing to do. And there's not a lot of competition. You get up there, it's just you and them usually in about 10 by 10 area, and you'd be up there at 120 feet or 40 feet. But that person's complete purpose is to watch for the slightest effect of the smoke, the plume just starting to rise, that early sign of a fire. Now we've got one up here in Tonto Rim now. I read this morning, what, 8,500 acres it's spread to. They've closed the road to Bartlett Lake. All this is happening. But with the word of God, when it's speaking of this, it's speaking of the very same thing. God says, you're the watchman. You're on the tower as fathers, mothers, parents, grandparents, brothers, sisters. You're there. Keep your eyes out there. Be alert. Look for the indicator that we're here. We've got them all around us. They're just beating at our door. Uh, we see conflicts that I don't know how we're ever going to get it right with China. I don't know how we're ever going to get it right with some of these countries. I really believe the only answer for a lot of this is one thing, and it's the return of Jesus Christ. I, I, I really question if any man, there will come a man, the word of God speaks about a man that will come and cut a peace deal for three and a half years. His name is the Antichrist. And he'll build a covenant, and it'll sound right. But there's only one solution, and it is the Lord Jesus Christ returning. And he says, remember, you don't know when he's going to come. Evening, midnight, rooster crows, or in the morning. And notice the spear of the earth there. You know, for many years, people thought the earth was flat. You remember the days of Columbus, 1492, the earth was flat. But, but think of that. There was Jesus saying, look at all this time. You don't know, but look at the spear of the earth. Because today, right now, it's, it's uh, 12, 13. It's time to stop, basically. But, but, it, but somewhere else, it's 12, 13 a.m. tomorrow morning. We don't know. But there's more to it, I believe, than that. What he's saying is God's return can't be pinpointed. And someone might say, I got it here. We don't know when we're going to die. There's another part of that. But Jesus was primarily speaking here to his return. And in verse, verse 36, he said, in case he should come, come suddenly and find you asleep. And I, I, I remember one time Jesus asked a question. He says, when the, man of, when the man, of, man of God, when Jesus comes, will he find faith on the earth? Will he find people still awake, still looking for his return? Will he find people still praying, still following God? This is what this church must be to be God's church. 
a place that's active in ministry, a place that's active in the spiritual, a place that is living for Christ in amazing ways. But he speaks about those that could be found asleep. And Jesus ends this, and he said this, what I say to you, I say to all, be on the alert. All points to bulletin, eyes open, eyes looking up, eyes looking to Jesus. Because he's coming again. And as this church, who will look outward, who will look inward and examine ourselves, just as we even will today of these emblems, looks upward and we look to Jesus, we are ready for that great event. It is the greatest thing. It will change this world like nothing else. And I believe it is a great, the great expectation and hope of the Christian that Jesus is coming. Let's be ready. And as we're ready, we'll not be ashamed. We'll not be overlooked. And I pray this church can be an active, abounding, focused church to the glory of God in the very last days before he comes. We have the blessed privilege today of partaking of these emblems together. And this, these emblems speak of, of many truths. The great truth that Jesus died for me and he rose again and his blood was shed for me. But there's also a great truth here that Jesus on the right hand of the Father is coming back to take us to himself. You know, it's amazing about the return of Christ. It's just it's not about an event. It's not about some moment in time. It's about Jesus just opening up the door and saying, come home, children. And you know, he does that. There's something else. I never go, go through communion. I don't think this. He also said there's still room at the table. There's room. There's room for other people, other children, other family members, other friends. There's room at the table of God. And we have that privilege to enter into this time this morning in communion recognizing that we partake of this with an upward look to the one who's redeemed us, who has bought us with his own blood, who is coming again, who ever, the word of God says in Hebrews, he ever lives to make intercession for us. He roots for us like no one else on the face of the earth. Jesus wants every person here to succeed. He wants everyone here to cross the finish line a winner. There's something else he wants. He wants us to be running at the finish line, giving all we got, pouring our hearts out, but we'll be running as we're looking up because it will not be our strength. It will be his strength. And he gives us a simple symbol today and we want to acknowledge it. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for bringing us to this point. We thank you, Lord, that your word is sure it's steadfast, we can rest in the truth of your gospel. Thank you, Father, that we can enter into this time through faith, partaking of these simple emblems that teach something so amazing and magnificent. May you receive the glory and honor from this time and from our lives, Lord. Oh, may we keep our eyes upon Jesus. Keep our eyes, O oh Lord, upon heaven, the glory, the beauty, but also upon you, our Savior, the one who reaches out even at this moment, and you put your arms around us and say, 
welcome home child. In Christ's name we pray, amen.